This is the Artisan CEO Podcast, Season 2, Episode 12. On this episode, we'll be talking about how we've approached childcare as small business owners who work from home. I'm detailing how our childcare situation has evolved from being childless to having one, now two, and how we've gradually incorporated more outside help as our kids get older. Welcome to the Artisan CEO, where the art of photography meets the business of profits. This is where strategy and craftsmanship coexist so that you can run a creative business that supports a life you love. I'm your host, Abby Grace, and I promise to give it to you straight. I'm going to start this episode off with an obligatory disclaimer because parenting is a subject that people can get real hot under the collar about real fast. So this is just what's worked for us. This isn't a condemnation of anyone or any method or approach that differs from ours. And we are certainly not perfect. Sometimes I feel like we're still feeling our way along in the dark. But when we do find a solution that helps to make our lives easier, I love sharing in case there's another parent who is also desperate for help. The beautiful thing about being business owners is that we can make things up as we go along. We can try out a childcare situation for a while, and if it's not working, we can change up our approach or go back to what we were doing before. Matt and I both work from home for the business, and we have a lot of potential flexibility in terms of our work hours and the ability to get creative with bringing in help with our kids. And this is part of the reason why I wanted to work for myself, the freedom to change things as needed in our business in order to best support a family and a life well-lived. Prior to having kids, Matt and I both worked roughly 8 or 9 a.m. to 5 or 6 p.m. And during some of the busier periods like launch weeks or launch several weeks, (laughs) we would let work spill over into the evenings doing like dinner on the couch with our laptops. And I heard from other business owners that having kids would make you a lot more efficient with your time. And oh my gosh, if that did not immediately come true after our first son was born, not only did my hours shrink, but so did the list of things that I was willing to say yes to. Because having a tiny human who needs your attention, and even more importantly, who I wanted to spend time with, made me realize how many yeses I was giving that weren't actually paying off in our business. More on that another time. I'm getting kind of sidetracked. Let's talk about how things progressed from maternity leave to heading back into the office and how things have changed as our kids have grown. So both of our kids are adopted and both of our kids' stories are completely different. With Felix, our oldest, we had about 10 or 11 weeks from the time we were matched with his birth mama to the time when he was born and placed in our arms. We have had Felix since birth. I was actually in the room when he was born. It was incredible. Another story from another time. Oh my gosh, this episode is full of so many potential side tracks. So, okay, we had about two and a half months to prepare our business for that time away. Not that we hadn't been thinking about that already because during the home study process, this was one of the things our social worker had asked us about. Like, what are your plans for maternity leave? What are your plans for childcare? Like, how long do you guys think baby will be at home before you bring in outside help. So we'd already given this some thought. Um, And then from the time when we were, you know, most people have like nine months for pregnancy, we had about a two and a half month quote unquote pregnancy to prepare our business for the time away and to consider more acutely how we were going to handle childcare once we went back to work. With Teddy, on the other hand, we had 
28 hours. It was bananas and beautiful all at the same time. I will link the blog posts in the show notes if you want to know more about how Teddy joined our family. I'll link Felix's blog post too. So anyway, I had heard another photographer say, going back to the childcare aspect, I'd heard another photographer say how she and her husband had traded off mornings and afternoons. So she worked in the morning while dad was with baby and then they switched for the afternoons. And that sounded great to me. So we gave that a shot for the first few months. It was not a perfect system because my work, what I do for Abby Grace Photography at that time uh, was I had a, I had more on my plate than Matt did. Um, actually, when Felix was born, Matt was still doing, we didn't publicize this at the time just because it wasn't relevant, but Matt was still doing two days of work, two days a week remotely for his old corporate job. So he was doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday for Abby Grace Photography and Tuesday, Thursday for his old job. That only lasted for about six months after Felix was born, but... When Felix was initially born, I had more on my plate for AGP than Matt did. And so my work frequently bled into what was supposed to be Matt's time. We managed for a while. Felix was doing something like three naps a day. And on the days when my time bled over, Matt took full advantage of those nap times to get work done. So as we got to the end of the year, Felix was born in August. As we got to December, he was about four months old, we were really feeling the lack of available work hours. And we were especially feeling the pain from not being able to work together for more than an hour and a half at a time. Meetings became tough because, as any parent knows, uh, that like an hour and a half long nap isn't always an hour and a half long work session. You put your baby down, you go downstairs and you prep your next bottle. Maybe you tidy up the kitchen. Um, you realize you're, you need a cup of coffee, so you make one. And then by the time you sit down at your desk, you're down to maybe an hour of available time, assuming that your child doesn't wake up early. And I don't mean for any of that to sound like a complaint. I waited a long time to become a mom. And so those interruptions, as frustrating as they can be in the moment, like I'm grateful for them. I am so grateful to be a mom. So I don't mean for any of this to sound like I'm complaining. I'm just describing how the idea of a 90 minute window often doesn't end up being as long as you would hope. So when you work strictly during nap times, your work days can feel disjointed and you frequently end up having less time to work than you anticipated if you're not diligent, and I say especially for first-time parents. So you have end up having less time to work than you anticipated if you're not diligent about getting down to business. And that got to be really challenging. Running a business as a husband and wife team but never having more than 90, which was actually like 75, sometimes 60 minutes to work together at the same time. So around the four-month mark, we brought in some help two times a week. On Mondays and Fridays, we had a friend from church who came over to babysit Felix in the mornings so that Matt and I could have half-day-long blocks to work together at the same time. We wanted to keep Felix home with us, and especially with the adoption aspect, we just really wanted to make sure that bond, like we were being really, really intentional about bonding, and so for us, it worked to have him at home. Um, we weren't ready for something outside the home at that point, and then when COVID hit, I was really grateful for that in-home help because it meant that we faced very little interruption. We didn't have to deal with a daycare center being closed. It was just a matter of texting our babysitter and being like, hey, you good for tomorrow? Like, you guys healthy? We're healthy? Great. So that situation of having the friend come two times a week, that worked for something like nine to 10 months before we started feeling those growing pains again. So she started with us in January. And then around September, October of that year, when Felix was about 
14 months old, we realized that we needed more childcare time, but our babysitter was not, she wasn't available for more than two times a week. So we started looking for a solution outside the home. Uh, We were also getting into the territory of Felix having a meltdown whenever he would see us come downstairs to grab coffee or maybe something from my camera bag. And, you know, we couldn't stop to play every time because we were trying to squeeze as much productivity into those limited eight hours of childcare that we had each week. and, and we wanted to be able to be present once our babysitter left, not feeling like, oh gosh, we didn't get to finish what we did before because we were really distracted. So that was the main signal for us that we needed to find something outside the home. We don't, we also don't have a basement um, and our house isn't huge. It's 150 years old and we love it, but um, there's not like a separate area that we can close off for a, a babysitter and kids to play that our kids wouldn't see us if we needed to come downstairs and, you know, grab something from the kitchen, grab a, a piece of gear, something like that. So other than closing our office doors, that's really the only way we have to insulate ourselves when we have a babysitter here with kids. And I knew that the older Felix got, the harder it was going to be for him to avoid seeing us if we needed to pop downstairs for any reason. Real quick, photographers, are you tired of lather, rinse, and repeating the same tired collection of forgettable photos from one brain session to the next? If you're ready to turn yawn-worthy galleries into the sort of results that thrill your clients and get you both noticed, then you're definitely going to want to join me for my free training, The Backstage Secret to Scroll-Stopping Brand Photography. Whether you're a seasoned veteran or you're just getting started out in the world of branding, this session is for you. I'll teach you my number one strategy for crafting stories that resonate with your clients and their audience, which is the biggest secret behind creating galleries that not only look stunning, but also drive engagement and sales for your clients, which, spoiler alert, is what keeps them coming back for additional sessions in the future. Because as brand photographers, purposeful matters more than pretty, but who says you can't have both? Our job is to think like a marketer and shoot like an artist, but you have to have both pieces of that equation and learning to approach with the mindset of a strategist that changes everything. So if you're raring to say goodbye to cliche galleries that simply repeat what's already clogging your Pinterest and social media and hello to a method that drives brand loyalty and real bottom line growth, then head on over to abbygrace.co slash training. That's abbygrace.co slash training. It's time to leave those forgettable, smiling at a laptop photos in the dust in favor of a more tailored approach that's going to leave your clients obsessed and already planning for their next shoot with you. One more time, that's abbygrace.co slash training. I'll see you in class. I'd wanted to find a half-day option for some sort of Montessori school, and we knew we'd wanted to do Montessori because we had a friend who had enrolled their child in the same school that we ended up putting Felix in, um, and I loved what she told me about it. I loved the approach. I loved that it was low-tech. I, uh, But really what kicked it for me was we had a family member who had gifted us the Love Every Play Kits, their Montessori style toys that come every few months at certain intervals so that they're at an appropriate age for your child. And I loved those. So we were looking, that was just what, what worked for us. We were looking for a Montessori school. Um, but the one that we had refer, been referred to did not offer a partial week schedule. I was looking for something Monday, Wednesday, Friday, something like that. But this was a Monday to Friday program. So we just signed Felix up for it for half days, five days a week. Um, And I will be honest, it was expensive. We live in a really expensive area. It's one of the most expensive counties in the country. Uh, And we did not do any research 
into any other programs because this friend who had referred us sang its praises so convincingly. And I'll be clear, I don't have any regrets because Felix loved it. And I felt like we saw a lot of fruit from that. But moving forward, we learned that uh, it's never a bad idea to look around at other possible solutions and then to ask other friends if they have suggestions or schools that they have loved. So the earliest age of admittance at that particular school was 16 months. And Felix began right around 16 months. And we kept him there for about a year, just over a year and a half. He was getting ready to turn three. And he would have aged out of his first classroom into the next one. And we ended up moving to another school that was a little bit closer to home and significantly less expensive. And it also has a curriculum that we love. Also factoring into that decision was that Teddy had been born. Teddy was born in May of last year, and we did a similar approach with him for the first few months. He was home with both of us, with me working mornings and Matt working during nap times while Felix was at school. And then around the four-month mark, again, we reached the limit of being able to only ever work together in 90-minute bursts, and we decided at that point to look for some in-home help. So I posted in our church's like social media program, and I asked if anyone had recommendations for a part-time nanny. I was really nervous because I'd read several articles recently on how expensive in-home care had become uh, because of the pandemic and so many families looking for a solution that wasn't dependent on school closures. So I was not sure that we were going to be able to find a solution that we could afford while also keeping Teddy at home. But I also knew that if we continued to do everything ourselves and we didn't get help, that that was going to end up costing us more than the additional childcare would. Matt's role in our business had grown significantly. He'd become an even more integral part of our operations since Felix was an infant. So this time around, we knew that we were going to need more than just twice a week for a babysitter. So in between the times of the the boys being born, we had released my signature course, Brand Photography Academy, and that keeps Matt busy. So he's busy with support help for that, as well as implementing any new content that we add to the course. So when we added the uh, lighting elective as an add-on, Matt was responsible for implementing that. If I ever have new PDFs that I want to add or opt-ins that we want to create, Matt implements all of those, runs the Facebook ads for all of those. Um, And then we've also expanded our content output to include this podcast, which Matt also edits and publishes. So our business has grown, which is really exciting, but it also means that our childcare needs have grown too. And this is a lesson that's worth pointing out that I have learned being in the mastermind that I'm in over the last couple of years. And that is as your business scales, your infrastructure to support that business will also grow. Like if you started your business with 20 hours a week and you're making, I'm just going to put a random number on it, let's say $50,000 a year, 20 hours a week. In order to, if you're like, oh, I have dreams of scaling to $500,000 or a million dollars a year, your infrastructure to you cannot continue to do that with one person at 20 hours a week like this is something that i've learned is we have bigger and bigger goals for our business that like the support underneath that has to change we have to bring on more people not just child care but like people within the business in order to help us do that that there's there's a limit there's sort of like a ceiling that you will reach to how much output you can do with just the same number of people the same number of hours per week again this episode is full of rabbit trails so we could go down let's get back to business so I posted in our church's 
like message board thing. And I ended up hearing back from one of our favorite babysitters that she was looking to do some part-time nannying. And since she's homeschooled, she had the flexibility to change up her hours. So perfect. Great. Can you start like right now? Can you come over right now? Help, please. (laughs) So she is with us three to four times a week. She's been with us for several months now three to four times a week for the mornings. And her time with Teddy coincides with the time that Felix is at school. So we still have afternoons together as a family. But there are still times when we need a little bit more help. Our babysitter, she has days when she's not able to make it. um, And we also don't ask her to come on days when I'm out for shoots or when I'm traveling for work. So actually within the last month or two, I was really proud of him for coming up with this solution. This was so creative. Matt signed up for a membership at our local gym specifically because they offer up to two hours a day of childcare per child on your account. So I'm not on the account. It's just Matt, Felix, and Teddy. So on weekday mornings when our babysitter isn't here, Matt takes Teddy to the gym, checks him in, and then sits at the cafe at the gym and works on Abby Grace-related material, usually editing this podcast. You are most likely listening to an episode that was edited in that cafe. And for days when we do have our babysitter, that means Matt can take that time and go to the gym in the afternoon for an actual workout. Sometimes he'll take one of the boys uh, and check them into the kids, kids' care center, and I will take the other one on a run with me using our running stroller. Other times Matt takes both boys, does his workout, and then I run without a stroller because doing speed work with a 30 pound toddler in tow is so hard other times though I mean I've like we use that the the gym membership for Matt being able to do work sometimes like I have spillover in the afternoon um during especially crazy lunch period so Matt will be able to take both boys and I can stay home and do a little bit extra work so it's child care solution that works for both of us honestly so Teddy is eight months old as of this episode so you know who knows how things are going to change in the coming months and as he gets into that phase where you know he sees mom and dad at home but mom and dad aren't available to play because they're working that's going to get harder Felix is still taking an afternoon nap but I realize that's not a forever thing all of that we will address that when we get there what I want you to see from this episode is that you can be really creative with how you put together a child care plan and you are never married to an approach if it just isn't working for you anymore with each new phase that we come up against, each new milestone where we need to either bring in extra care or change our care situation, we've always approached with the mindset of let's see how this goes. And if it isn't going well, we can always adjust. The shortened work days, uh, Cal Newport calls it fixed schedule productivity. Those shortened work days of ending at a particular time forces Matt and I to be really honest about what we can and cannot accomplish during a given workday and to be as clear with each other about how long we think that we're going to need if a task spills over. Because for us, we really want afternoons together as a family. After 3 p.m. for us, that is family time and we don't rely on evenings to get extra work done. We don't pick our laptops up again after the kids go down for the night unless it's some kind of extenuating circumstance like launch week. If I need more time to work, I know that the proactive solution to that is to get up earlier. I actually love being up at five o'clock in the morning. I So I, I my solution is to get up earlier, not work later, because our family values that time together once our kids are up from their naps. From everything we've learned over the last almost three and a half years of being parents, here are my main takeaways for you. 
One, determine your work hours ahead of time instead of quitting when whenever you feel like you're done because the work will never be done. And I don't mean that from a fatalist perspective. I just mean your to-do list will always have new things that can be added to it. You know, you have new shoots. So there's always new blog posts that can be written. There's always new social media posts that can be, you know, published or filmed or whatever. There's always more work that you could add to your to-do list. So choose a quitting time, a consistent quitting time, and make your work fit into the hours you have set out. You've heard of Parkinson's law, right? That the work will expand or contract to fill the time allotted for its completion. If you never set an end time, your work hours will constantly bleed into the time that you want to be out of your office. Two, have a designated space for work. My preference is something with a door that closes so that you can block out noise during a meeting or while you're recording so that you can signal to other people that you're unavailable, but also so that you can close a literal door on work once your day is over. Once work is done, I don't want to keep thinking about work, but if my laptop is out on the coffee table, it's going to remind me of the tasks that I left undone for the day. So designate a space for work and then once you're done for the day step away I don't work from our couch from our dining room table definitely not from our bedroom those are all spaces for doing life outside of work and I want my brain to be able to compartmentalize and separate those two as much as possible Three, if you don't have a designated space for work, maybe you live in a small home and you don't have an extra bedroom for an office or your office is one half of a playroom I suggest looking for a co-working space with like a monthly membership or a coffee shop where you can go camp out. I actually had a membership at a local co-working space before Felix was born and I kept that right up into the beginning of the pandemic actually. I only had one day a week there with my level of membership and I didn't honestly, I didn't need five days a week. Um, It was just really helpful to get out of the house before we had kids because I am an extroverted extrovert and I was starved for human interaction. I just really wanted to be around more humans. But once Felix was born, that actually became one of my most productive days of the week. So if you're home by yourself during the day with kids and like a co-working space isn't an option, see if there's a gym nearby that offers childcare and has a place that you can sit and work. We actually have a coffee shop um, nearby that has, it's part, it's attached to a church, but it's a big coffee shop. There's tons of seated air, sitting areas. And then there's a play area with like huge glass walls so you can sit and work and keep an eye on your kids. Maybe you have something like that in your area. Um, Check out the gym. See if there's childcare, a place where you can sit and work. Again, that's the whole reason we signed up for the gym. We hadn't had a gym membership since March of 2020, but we signed up again this past December specifically for those two hours a day. Four, recognize when your work performance is beginning to suffer and then adjust accordingly. Either scale back the amount of work on your plate or bring in additional childcare. Those are really your two options. Because especially as parents with littles, simply committing to working later or getting less sleep, that doesn't work for Matt and I. And I would argue, especially the bit about settling for less sleep, that's not gonna work well for you either. Sacrificing sleep will see your capacity at work and home suffer, and that's not a solution. We always operate with a mentality of if we're going to pay for extra child care, we need to find a way to scale our offers or our pricing to pay for it. Like, where is that money coming from? But, you know, there have been times when, and especially during those first four months when with each of our boys, when we knew that Matt's time in the office was just going to be more limited because 
while our business could survive with Matt scaling back his hours, I still had clients and students that required me putting in more time in the office than Matt needed. So that meant during those first four months with each of our kids, we didn't start any new big projects during those seasons simply because there just wasn't enough time for Matt and I to execute and to be full-time caregivers for our kids. And that's okay. We wanted to pull back from work during those seasons in order to be those full-time caregivers. I wouldn't change that for a second. But eventually, we needed to be able to get back into the fray and chip away at those big projects on our plate that were, you know, the ones that needed Matt's attention that were going to grow our business in bigger ways. And we needed Matt's attention in more than 90-minute chunks and to be able to work together for more than 90-minute chunks. So that was when we brought in outside help. But always, again, with that cost-benefit analysis in the back of our minds, if we're going to add X dollars in additional childcare expenses every month, what is that time buying us the ability to do in our business? How is that child care cost going to pay for itself? I wonder, have you ever taken the time to consider what your vision for the kind of working parent you want to be? Whether you work four or 40 hours a week, how do you want that time divided? And then how do you want to protect your family time outside of your work hours? I like working. I really love what I do. And I love that our kids get to see Matt and I running a small business as a way of supporting our family. I love that our kids get to see us be creative in our problem solving and how we find solutions to things like childcare, like the gym membership. This is one of the best parts of running a small business. Like if we need to increase our income, it isn't a matter of going to a boss and asking for a raise or figuring out where we can scrimp or, or, or scale back our monthly expenses in order to save enough over a long period of time. We can launch something. I mean, obviously, we do want to be saving, but like the fact that we're small business owners, we can just launch something new or where are our students asking for solutions where we have not provided them in the past or what, what, where is somewhere in our business that we can scale, like a lever that we can pull that's already working well, but if we put a little bit more emphasis behind it, it would work even better. I love that our kids get to watch us do that. But I also want my kids to know that they always get the best of my attention, not just the rest of it. I want them to know that when I'm out of the office, I am there in both body and mind, not preoccupied thinking about work or wishing I was still at my laptop. It's why I delete social media on the weekends and most weekday evenings. It's why I don't keep email on my phone, why I don't text with my clients for the most part, because I don't want my phone constantly pinging me with work-related material taking me out of my time with my family. Is it more of a hassle to have to reload Instagram on a Monday when I need to post? Yes. But is it worth it to be able to spend a Saturday morning with my boys rereading Little Blue Truck over and over without feeling a pull to check my phone? Yes. Yes, it is. Decide what kind of working parent you want to be and then protect that vision. Get scrappy if you need to in order to bring in the extra help you need to make those work hours happen so that you can shut the door at the end of the day and spend quality time with the people you love the most. Friends, that is a wrap on season two. Don't end this episode just yet. We're going to be back in a few weeks with new episodes for season three, and I'm so excited about what we've got cooking, but this is where I need to hear from you. This show exists to make your life and your business easier, and I can only gather so much intel from a series of Ask Me Anything posts over on Instagram stories. So 
we set up a survey to gather questions from you, from the audience, and I would love to have you submit a topic request. Head over to abbygrace.co slash survey and tell me how I can help, whether it's a question I can answer on an upcoming episode or a topic that you'd like to see covered. Hit me up and let me know how I can help. One more time, that's abbygrace.co slash survey. I'll see you guys again in a few weeks for season three. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, remember to hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode and head over to abbygrace.co slash podcast for even more resources to help you blow your clients away at your very next brand shoot. I'm Abby Grace and I'll see you next time. Now, let's go get after it, shall we?